Good evening to those in social media. This is Grace and Faith Fellowship. You're coming to you with our uh, message for this week. We are. We thank you for listening to us. We always encourage you to um, share this ministry with your family and friends if you enjoy it. We've been a blessing to you. We want you to share it today. If you hear a message that you feel like someone in your family someone you close to is a friend family co-worker needs to hear this well we ask you to share it to them and so it can be a blessing to them also we just here we want to reach people with the word of god and we're excited about it doing that for you and anyone that you know that needs to hear these things that we we're about teaching you the word of god in the best way we know using scripture to break it down and explain to you other uh, things of God, the things God has called us to do, who you are in Christ. Because the most important thing I believe is knowing your identity first. And when you understand your identity, then we can begin to do the things of God God has called us to do. But I'm excited about this series. Um, we spent five weeks talking about understanding righteousness. And what we understood, we understood that righteousness that comes by grace, that comes by Jesus Christ, is a gift. Okay. Your righteous deeds don't make you righteous. Okay. It is what Jesus did on the cross that makes you righteous. He gives us his righteousness because our righteousness, the Bible even says, it's fit to rags. It's no good without Christ. But when he died for us, Okay, he made you righteous. Second Corinthians 5 and 21 says he, he um, became sin who knew no sin that we may become the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. So he made us righteous. We talked about last week, speaking out your righteousness. You declare it. It's righteousness. You receive it by faith. What part of you that was made righteous is your spirit. Your born again spirit is made righteous. If you are saved, then you are 100%, your spirit is 100% righteous, okay? 100% righteous. And you receive it by faith. You don't feel it, you know, hey, it's not about your feelings. It is about believing in what Jesus Christ done for you. So you don't put all your confidence in your works. You put your confidence in the work that Jesus did on Christ, on the cross, excuse me. And so therefore, I've been made righteous by the finished works of Jesus Christ. Okay. So, but tonight we're going to talk about cultivating a heart of, a heart of righteousness. The word cultivate means develop. So I understand that, hey, God gave me this gift. Means it's a gift. You didn't earn it. It is a gift. Okay. So now I want to develop this gift. See, it's not enough just to believe that you're righteous. You receive my faith. Now, we're talking about how do I walk it out? Because God declares me righteous. Now, how do I look like what God says I am? In other words, last, last, the last five weeks, we talked about the gift, right? Which is the, the root. Okay. The gift that God gave is the root. Now we're talking about the fruit of righteousness. In other words, God is not 
interested. He's not, excuse me, he's not impressed by the fruit. Okay, the fruit of righteousness is for the world to see. Okay, God gave us through. He know who we are because he made us righteous. But God says, now I want you to begin to look like what I declare you are so why we can have influence on the world. Um, the gospel called that being the light of the world. Okay, so this is what we're going to focus on for the next few weeks, okay, about this, this gift of righteousness. How do I cultivate it? Because somebody can give you a gift, but sometimes the gift has to be developed. You have to learn. You have to understand how to use it, how to become efficient with it, how to be good with the gift that they gave you. Well, God is saying, I gave you this gift of righteousness. Now I want you to share it with the world. I want you to be, begin to develop in this thing because it has to be developed. Uh, a good analogy is that, like, I'm, I'm going to use a sports analogy, like LeBron James or I grew up with Michael Jordan. At some point, they knew they had a gift or the talent to play basketball. But the moment they found out, okay, they just didn't say, okay, well, you know what? I'm not going to do anything. I got this gift. I'm just going to just brag about I got this gift. No. Once they found out they had the gift, they believed in it. And what did they begin to do? They begin to cultivate that gift of talent. They begin to go to practice and coaches and then the coaches help them cultivate and develop this skill, this gift that they had. Well, it's the same thing in the body of Christ. Now that you're saved, if you're saved, you're a believer, you receive this gift by faith the day you got born again. But now God says, I want you to develop in this righteousness that I've given you. And we're going to talk about how to do that. So how do, now that I got this gift, okay, how do I develop in this gift of righteousness? Because you may be saying, okay, you know what? Okay. You know, you may, when we, when we talked about last five weeks, you may, I may have convinced you, okay, I'm righteous. I'm righteous. I received my faith. It's a gift of God giving me, I receive it. But you're still stumbling and struggling in some areas. Maybe you're not righteous in an area that you know you need work in. And you said, so how do I do that? How do I, you know, stop struggling with saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing? Well, we're going to talk about now we're going to cultivate. Now we're going to teach you how to develop in the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. How do I develop in this gift that God has given me? So the, the Bible tells us that we are to watch over, um, tend to God, to keep and to even nurture our hearts. Now, understand when I talk, when I'm talking about heart, I'm not talking about the heart that pumps blood. But we're going to talk about that. We're talking about your mind, your soulish realm, where your mind will so the Bible tells us we are to tend to God to keep even nurture our minds, our emotions, our decisions. So, so when I say heart, I'm talking about mind, will, and emotions. Okay, your decisions, your thinking, your feeling, your choosing. So caring for our heart should be one of 
our top priority because from our hearts flows the springs of life according to the word of God. Okay, so this has to be top priority. This is extremely important. That's why I'm excited about this, this series because it is extremely important that we develop in the things of God. It has become top priority because it flows. Okay, this, the, the things you care about, guard, you attend, it flows from your heart. It flows from your soulish realm. Okay, and, it, and according to the word of God, it says this. So our hearts are the very essence of who we are and the epic center of our relationship with the Lord as well. It is the very essence of who you are. Okay. Your soulish realm, your 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 mind, your will, emotion. That is the the essence of who you are. And it, it is our how we develop our relationship with Jesus Christ is with our soulish realm. If we are in Christ, he is in us, and he is the ruler and the lover of our hearts. Okay. If we you're in Christ and He in you, He's in you now. He is the ruler. He has to become the ruler and the lover of your heart. Okay? You have to let him rule. You have to allow him to love on you. He is the one. He is the ruler and the lover of our heart. Okay? So let's look at um, Proverbs 4 and 23. It tells us here. And I'm reading from a New Living Chance translation. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Now, that's really, this is a very strong scripture. It says, guard your heart or guard your mind above all else. Guard your thinking, guard your emotions, guard your decisions. Why? Because it determines the course of your life. In other words, you go in direction of your thinking. You go in direction of your decisions. Okay, you go in the direction of how you feel. They are the things that we use to guide us, to lead us in this life. All right, so you have to understand how important that is. So if if my thinking, my thinking, my where I feel and my decisions, it determines the course of where I go in life. Think about how important that is, because guess what? Even as a believer. You don't want to go down the wrong path because even though you may be saved and full of the Holy Spirit, okay, if your thinking is not right and if your feelings are not in line with the Word of God, if your decisions are not in line, you can find yourself going the wrong direction. Even though you're on your way to heaven, you're going the wrong direction and you're going to live life down here. Life down here is going to be frustrating. Life down here is going to be very hard, difficult, and frustrating. Why? Because you're making bad decisions. You're not allowing uh, Jesus Christ to be the Lord and the lover of your soul. Okay. So once again, we, we're not, this is, if you're saved, and if you're not, we pray that you will become and accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior. But if you're saved, okay, heaven is not an issue here, but how you live this life on earth, how you live out this life that God has given us here on earth, it is determined by you cultivating a heart of righteousness 
where you can make good decisions and your thinking is right and allow God to lead you in the right direction so that you can have a successful life and you can avoid some of these pitfalls that we put ourselves in. Okay. And so that's a Proverbs. Let me read it again. Proverbs 4 and 23. Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. So guard your thinking, guard your feelings. Okay. Guard your decisions because it determines the course of your life. So our hearts are the very core of who we are, what we think, what, what we feel, what we care about, what we cherish. See, th this is all in the soulless realm about who you are, what you think, what you feel, what you care about, what you cherish. All those things are part of the soulish realm. Our attitude, our priorities, and our treasures flow from what we think. And what we think and feel and believe is the heart of who we are. Okay, so hey, so this is where you get your attitude from. This is where you get your priorities from. Cultivating this. If you want to live, cultivate this heart of righteousness, it says our attitudes, our priorities, our treasures flow from what we think. So this is why I said guard your thinking. What's important to you is determined by what you think about. Think about it. We determine what's valuable to us. We determine what's a priority, what's not a priority. Your attitude is formed out of these things. What you treasure is formed out of these things. What we think and believe. Okay. Your belief system is formed out of your heart your mind, your will, and emotions. That is the heart of who you are. Therefore, okay, understanding this, therefore cultivating righteousness in our hearts is essential to true biblical discipleship. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about, you say you're a Christian, but we're talking about being a disciple for God. It's two different things. Disciple comes from the word discipline. How disciplined is your life based on the word of God? Are you, are you allowing the word of God to um, take you in the, the right direction, the direction that God intended for us to go in this life? Or are you allowing the culture to shape your decisions, to shape the way you feel, to shape the way you think? So remember, you know, Jesus' righteousness is higher than the world's righteousness. We allow our government to determine what's right. Okay. And we allow, you know, big mama may have taught you, your big mama, your grandmama may have taught you. Well, that's good, but they may have been wrong. They, what they taught you may not be in line with the word of God. Our government, you know, the world system. We can't allow that. Okay. So cultivating righteousness is essential for a true biblical discipleship. If we, we are called to be disciples for Jesus. So you have to cultivate this righteousness, this gift that God has given us. You have to develop it. Allow God to develop this. And we're going to get to that. So let me read this scripture. 
Uh, let's go to Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Listen to what it says here. It says, rather, you must grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All glory to him, both now and forever. Amen. It says we, we had to grow in grace. So what are we talking about? Grow, growing in grace. When we talk about cultivating the heart of righteousness, we're talking about what? Maturity. Understand, let me say this. We're not talking about perfection. Because I know you, I hear people saying, maybe you're saying, well, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm trying to, yes, you're going to make mistakes on this journey. But we're talking about growing to maturity. We're talking about mature Christians who don't keep making the same mistakes, who they learn from their mistakes. But it says here, in order to be a disciple of God, you, we have to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's talking about growing. Okay, you have the gift of rising on the inside given to you by Jesus Christ when you got saved. But now we got to cultivate, develop, or grow this gift. And so that we become, the Bible tells we we are being conformed to the image of Christ on a day-to-day -day basis. Okay, and so we want to look like what God says we are. And the more we cultivate, the more we develop, the more we grow. So how do you grow? How do you grow in this grace? How did you develop this right? You have to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So I'm constantly learning, okay, about who I am in Christ, what God wants me to do, what's my purpose, and, and allow God to lead me and allow my mind, the Bible says, to be transformed Romans 12 and 2, by the renewing of my mind. Okay. Transformation comes by you growing in the grace of knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So this is what transformation begins to happen as you yield to the things. And what are you doing? I'm cultivating. I'm growing this righteousness that's been given to me by Jesus Christ. All right. So in this series, um, we're going to be talking about um, four components to cultivating this heart of righteousness. There's four components we're going to talk about. And we're going to talk about the first one tonight. So there's four components. The first one we're going to talk about in order to develop this heart of righteousness, in order to develop this heart of righteousness that's been given to me by Jesus Christ, the first component is prepare. You got to prepare the soil of your heart. Now, this is key. And we're going to, I'm going to spend another um, lesson on this, but we're going to start it tonight. Prepare the soil of heart. So, you, so if you're going to cultivate this gift, if you're going to cultivate a heart of righteousness, the first thing you got to do is prepare the soil of your heart. You got to prepare. So the natural and the the native condition of the soil of our heart is not at all responsive to, to God or his word. So if we're going to make any spiritual progress, something needs to change in our heart. OK, the soil of our heart needs to be tilled and broken up and therefore transformed from being hard and unresponsive to soft and yielding. 
All right, so this is key. So even though you got saved, thank God that you got saved. But the day you got saved, your mind is not response, responsive to the word of God or the word. Okay. Why? Because when you got, we all, the Bible said we were all born in sin, you was born a sinner. And so you, depending on how long it took you to get saved, the, those years that you weren't saved, your mind, your heart was being shaped by um, your culture, as I said, um, different thinkings, okay? Your, your sinful nature, you had a sinful nature, and your, your mind was being transformed, being influenced by the sinful nature. You're not saved, so you didn't know God. You didn't know his word, so therefore your mind was being trained by other things okay now once you got saved your mind doesn't automatically start responding to the things of god okay it doesn't so it's your mind is not at all responsive to the god and his word okay so you you have to train your mind so if it says if you're gonna make spiritual progress now, you gotta change your heart, the way you think. If you're ever gonna grow, if you, we're talking about maturity, if you're ever gonna mature in God, you have to change the way you think. You have to change the condition of your heart, of your mind, the way you're thinking. So, otherwise, it says that your heart needs to be just like a uh, ground that has, and we're going to get into the uh, parable of the soil, but the ground, your heart needs to be tilted means when you tilt something, you dig it up. Okay. Yeah. Be broken because it's hard. Anything ground. And I know I do that every spring when I'm planting new grass, I gotta, you know, it says aerate it, tear the ground up, make the soil nice and soft and, you know, dig up all the weeds and things. And so, and then before you plant seeds, you got before you plant seeds, you got to do all that. But see, but before you come to Christ, your heart is it is hard and unresponsive. And so, and how do so how do I get it soft and yielding? Okay, I have to prepare my heart, and we're going to talk about how to do that. So let's look at Ezekiel 36, 26. Ezekiel talks about what our heart was and what it is once you become saved and it's, this is god is speaking to this this is ezekiel 36 26 says and i will give you a new heart and i will put a new spirit in you and i will take out your stony stubborn heart and give you a tender responsive one so this is what god does okay he says i'm gonna give you a new heart what is he talking about the day you got saved you no longer have a sinful nature but he comes in and changes your nature. It's it's the same. Give you examples. It's like giving a lion um, the heart of a kitty cat. In other words, before there's the transformation, he's you know lying. He's mean. He's rough. He attack. He kills. But if you give him the heart of a kitty cat, he's soft. 
He's tender. He's you able to walk up and rub him. Okay, but God says, hey, I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to give you a new way of thinking. Okay, a new way of believing. Okay, this is what God does. He said he takes out the stony, stubborn heart and gives you a tender, responsive one. This is what he does. Thank God for Jesus. This, this is what he, he gives us this. Okay, but guess what? Now, he does this the day you get born again. But guess what? Now you have to train that new heart, that new spirit. Now, how do I do that? By renewing my mind with the word of God. Okay. If the soil represents our heart and we are contemplating a change in that soil of our heart, then what we are talking about in biblical terms is what the Bible refers to as repentance. Right, so what does repentance mean? A radical change in a person's heart or a radical change in the way you think. So we're talking about repentance. Now, most of you, if you're familiar with the definition of repentance, most people, definition of repentance, you, you may have heard it in the church, you may have heard it past or whatever, they define repentance as turning from sin to God. And that's not correct. I'm not going to say it's totally wrong. But really, it's an incorrect definition of what repentance means. What does repentance mean? Repentance means change your mind about what you're doing. That's what repentance means. Change the way you think. That's what repentance means. Because if you... You can turn from sin, but that don't mean you change your mind about the sin. Maybe you're a person, you know what? You turn from that sin, but you still want to do it. And so, and so what are we doing with then in some ministry, they train you that if if you continue that sin, God gonna punish you, God gonna get you. And so you only turn from that sin because you don't want to be punished, but yet still want to do it. But you haven't changed your mind about how, what you think about the thing that you was doing. You still have this strong desire to want to do it. And you're fighting every day. Well, this is what repentance means. Change the way you think. Because when you change your mind about what you're doing and line up with the word of God, then that sin loses its power. It loses influence on you. Okay, so this is what repentance means. Repentance doesn't mean turn from sin to God. That means change your mind. Change your thinking. Because God wants to change our thinking. Okay, and so I'm going to read. So let's go to Matthews uh, chapter 13. I'm going to read this parable. We're just going to start tonight. We're going to. I'm just going to read it because we're talking about the different, we're talking about prepare the soil. So the step one is preparation, prepare the soil of your heart because you got to prepare the soil. Preparation is necessary. If the soil is not prepared right, okay, then even in the natural, if the soil is not right, prepared right, then whatever seed you put in it won't grow. So what am I saying? So if your heart, if your thinking is not been prepared to receive the word of God, you haven't changed your mind about what God says by his way. If you haven't allowed 
uh, God's word to change the way you think, then even though you may be doing good things, otherwise they're not going to last. Because why? The, the soil of your heart is not prepared. You haven't prepared it. And so let's look at Matthews chapter 13. And I'm going to read verses um, 1 through 9. We're just going to stop there tonight. As Jesus tells this parable. And I'm reading from the New Living Train. It says, later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat down, sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him. So he got into a boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables, such one, such as this one. So let's listen to the parable. So it says, Jesus says, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. And as he scattered them across the field, some sold, some seeds fell on footpaths and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rocks. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plants soon withered under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep root, they died. Other seeds fell among thrones that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile, fertile, excuse me, fertile soil and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone whose ears, whose ears to hear should listen and understand. So let's look at this one tonight, focus on the soil. So there's four different types of soil here. First, he says that some fell on footpaths. Okay, so he said the birds came and ate it. So look at the different soils, okay, that Jesus tells in his parables, parable. Once fell on footpaths, which means you just fell right on top of the dirt, of the soil. And so birds came and just got that. The second one fell on shallow soil, but there was rocks in it. Okay. And he said, this one didn't do too well because even though they sprouted up, they had some growth, but because the, it said the soil was shallow. Okay. It says the plant soon was wilted on the hot sun. Okay. It had no deep root. Okay. Then it says the third one, it fell among thrones and the thrones choked out the plants. But we see this fourth one. It says the soil was fertile and it yielded a crop. It says some 30, some 60, some 104. So look at, he's talking about, we got three different soils that weren't prepared. They had something in it. They had something hindering it from growing. Okay. The one that fell on the footpath, the, the one that had shallow soil and the other one that had thrones in it. Okay. Other words, they were not ready to receive. In other words, what was in the soil affected how the seeds grew. Okay. 
And so you need to understand that's what is the condition of your soil? What is the condition? So you have to prepare. So we have to prepare. How, how do I do that? It's talking about planning, preparing, preparing the soul of your heart. Okay. You have to allow God to soften up your heart where it can yield fruit. And so maybe your heart is not prepared, but this is the first thing you have to do is to prepare your heart. Okay. And we talk about different soils. So what kind of soil do you have? Because the last one, soil, it said it was fertile soil. What did that soil have that the other ones didn't have? The last soil, guess what? It didn't have more, it had less. It had less weeds. It had less rocks in it. And it was responsive to the word of God. And that's why it was able to yield. Okay. And so this is where you got to allow God to, to break up that soil. The thing that has hardened your heart against the thing of God. Because like I said, culture can do that. Life can do that. What has made your heart hard? Even though you're saved. Unforgiveness can harden your heart. Okay, as I said, culture has can harden your heart. The things that you experience in life can harden your heart to the things of God. And it's unresponsive to it. And you have to allow God to heal that. You know, divorce may have hardened your heart. Betrayal, molest, some maybe you've been molested or abused as a child. Um, though you, you're saved, maybe you use abandoned by somebody. All these things can harden your heart toward the things of God. And you're mad and you're angry and you're upset. But you have to allow God. It says here, so how do I do that? You have to allow repentance. You have to change the way you think. You have to allow the word of God to change the way you think. So preparation is important. That is the first step to cultivating heart. Preparation, prepare, allow God to prepare the soil of your heart where he get all those things out of you. Let him heal you in those areas that are hindering the word of God from growing. So when, when God grants us repentance and salvation, he makes us alive in Christ through Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Christ takes our sin. And gives us his righteousness. We've been talking, we talked about that last week, you know, five weeks. So that's what he does. And we are given new hearts. Okay, our stony hearts are transformed into soft, moldable hearts. Hearts empowered by his spirit to enable us to walk in righteousness. Repentance begins at salvation. But it doesn't end there. It is a, a long, lifelong process as well. So what are some of the areas where you continue to need the soil of your heart transformed? What are those areas? So understand repentance starts at salvation. Repentance is not a one-time event. I want to let you know it's not a one-time event. It is a lifelong process. 
Okay, so you will spend your whole life from here to the time you draw your last breath, renewing your mind, repentance, changing the way you think, allowing God to mold your heart, mold your thinking, to mold your priorities, the things you value. And you have to allow, this is done, let me say this, this is done by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me say this, you can't do this on your own. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to prepare your heart to receive the word. Okay, this is, once again, this is not your willpower or your self-effort. This is the work of the Holy Spirit, but you have to cooperate with the Holy Spirit in yielding to allow God to prepare the soil of your heart. So your, your first, the, so the first step, let me reiterate, the first step, the first key component to cultivating the heart of righteousness is to prepare the soil of your heart. Because if your heart is not, you don't allow the Holy Spirit to prepare your heart, it doesn't matter how much word you get. You can, you know, go to church every Sunday, go to Bible study, you can read your Bible. But if, if the ground is not prepared right, it can't receive anything and therefore it's not going to be able to produce fruit in your life where you going you're successfully walking out this life of righteousness but this is what god wants he wants us to allow him to prepare our hearts of righteousness allow him to break up the fallow ground so that so step one and cultivating all right is prepare prepare the soil of your heart allow god to come in allow the holy spirit to come in and break up those areas that you've been hurt okay those areas in your life that that you haven't yield to him and the ground needs to be broken up so that god can do a work in that's i'm speaking to somebody that's why you're struggling with uh, bad habits. And that's why you're struggling with some in your life because you haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to come in and heal you in those areas. What, what is he doing here? He's preparing the ground. He's breaking up that hard ground, getting all those impurities out, all the things that's going to hinder the fruit from growing so that he can now, when the word goes in, it can produce fruit long lasting fruit and you can begin to walk out this life of righteousness that he's called us to live so let me pray for you tonight father god in the name of you, i thank you for just your people listening you thank you for your people receiving your word i thank you god that you are breaking up the fallow ground you have given us a heart to receive your word I thank you, God, that right now somebody's stony heart is being changed out. You've been they've been delivered of thinking a way that goes against your word. You heal them in that area of unforgiveness, of disappointment. You're healing the area. You thank you, God, that you're breaking up that ground, that they may receive your word, that they may be able to walk in a new level of righteousness that you've called us to, that people may see the light in their life. I thank you for healing and taking place right now in the name of Jesus, that they're receiving 
that that hurt that they've experienced is now being healed by the power of the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for the work that you're doing in them right now. And we give you praise, honor, and glory. I thank you, God, that you are allowing us to open ourselves up to receive your word, that you may take us to new levels, new heights that we've never seen before. And I bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Once again, we're coming again next week. On We're going to continue to talk about preparing, okay, a heart of righteousness. So that's the first step, prepare. And we're going to continue that. I'm going to really get in more practical, more detail of how to prepare my heart for God so that I can grow in this righteousness, this gift of righteousness that God have given me. So cultivating this heart of righteousness that God has given me. And we want, want lasting fruit, not just temporary, but lasting fruit. So I see you again next week and hope that you uh, would listen to it. So expecting to even go even deeper into this. And, and we'll see you again next week. Once again, thank you and bye-bye.